Let's get into the Word of God today, shall we? 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to read verses 1 through 6 from the New King James Version. Now, you got to understand, David and his men uh, had been off battling. And while they were fighting their own war, uh, the Amalekites came and raided their camp, took all of their children, took all of their kids, all of their possessions, even their dogs and cats, and all that stuff. I mean, they just raided them. And so when the men came back weary from war, even though they were victorious, they were just so tired, they came back and found out everything that was precious to them, the enemy had taken. And some of you are facing that within your own life, that there are some very precious things that, that are, are the enemy is actually trying to come and, and steal. The Bible says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But we have the victory through Christ Jesus. So we're going to get into this a little bit today. It says, chapter 30, verse 1, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked, and, and, uh, invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burnt it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burnt with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and the Jezreelite and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the, the Carmelite had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That last part is what I want to highlight for us today, that David strengthened or encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David was facing one of the most uh, challenging things he had ever come across. This this could even rival his battle against the giant when he was a young man. This could even possibly rival Saul trying to assassinate him. He had been on the run for quite a while. He had this ragtag bunch of of uh, raiders that he was going around uh, uh, just, just almost becoming wealthy from raiding the land a little bit. And when the Amalekites came and attacked and took everything that was precious to them, and all of a sudden, David's own men were so wounded and so tired and so distressed that they were even murmuring about stoning him. They were talking about even killing him. Think about it. David was isolated. He didn't have a preacher to call. He didn't have a best friend to call. He hadn't seen his best friend, Jonathan, since he was exiled and he, and he ran for his life from Saul. He, he couldn't reach out to his family. He was alone and isolated, very much like what some of us may feel like right now in quarantine. We're cut off from each other. We can't hang out with our friends while we can call or we can chat on the internet. It's still not the same as just having that face-to-face -face contact and, and fellowship. Uh, it's, it's hard, even though we're doing this for church, praise God for technology that we can come together and, and have church within our home via the internet. At the same time, it's still not the same as getting together and hugging on each other. We're a very huggy church, man. We like to hug people, shake hands, greet people. So this really doesn't take the place of it. And sometimes we can get discouraged. Sometimes we can get defeated. Sometimes we're going through uh, all the stages of grief that I talked about last week. 
you know, we're grieving uh, an, an old lifestyle that's been taken away from us for now. And, and quite frankly, when it, when it all comes back around, it's probably not going to be the same. I believe that the, that the fabric of society is, is going to be changed and altered in, in a way. Don't be afraid of that. Change can be good and God can use change as a, as a powerful force uh, to, to transform us personally, but also to expand his kingdom. However, we can, we can still go through all the phases of, of grief and, and depression and anxiety and fears. Uh, this week, I actually posted an article on my Facebook page that, from Newsweek that just mentioned that over 100,000 people have recovered from uh, Corona-19. And uh, so I, I posted it thinking, hey, here's some good news. I actually got within my own uh, 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 private message, uh, private messages, several people that were frustrated that I would post something positive because they, they don't feel positive. They feel hopeless. They, they don't see hope. They don't see encouragement out there. Uh, they, they've been listening to all the negativity that's going around. And, and it struck me that, man, people need encouragement. And it's difficult because some of you don't have the preacher around. I can't get out and see everybody. Uh, some of you don't, some of you can't get a hold of your friends. Everybody's isolated. Everyone's quarantined. So at some point, you're going to have to do like David did. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. When everything seemed hopeless in his life, he dug out some old testimonies, some old things that God did, and he got to thinking about it. That's the title of the message today. Dusting off a testimony. Some of you need to be challenged this week to sit down and dust off some things that God has done in your life to remind you of how powerful he is, how faithful he is, how good he is in your life so that you can encourage yourself. When we all can't come together to encourage each other, we need to have the ability to strengthen and encourage ourselves and the Lord our God. That's a very biblical principle. Samuel used that principle in, in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7, the, the, Philist, the, the Philistines were going to be attacking Israel. Israel was scared to death. They were outnumbered. They appealed to Samuel the prophet. They said, pray on our behalf. Appeal to the Lord that he would protect us, that he would give us the victory. They all began to repent. They all began to fast. Samuel sacrificed a lamb. Aren't you, aren't you, uh, aren't you glad for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? He was the spotless lamb of God. The, the last sacrifice that ever needed to be. And because of him, he washed us clean of sins. He's healed us of disease. So Samuel sacrificed the lamb and began to appeal before the Lord and began to, to, to call on the name of the Lord. And when the, when the Philistines came in to attack them, the Bible said that God sounded such a powerful thunderclap. He made it thunder so loud that it frightened and confused the Philistines. And, and they, all, they all ran off. They took off and fled. And the Israelites pursued them and didn't just kill them. The Bible says that they slaughtered them. And that's what the enemy's trying to do with some of you right now. That The enemy's trying to come in and intimidate you with this whole pandemic thing. Uh, but not only that, I, I believe I'm preaching to someone today that you've gotten some scary medical news of late. Some of you have gotten some scary financial news of late. Some of you are having trouble within your own family. And the enemy is starting to, starting to surround you and you're starting to feel helpless. You're starting to feel overwhelmed. If you will start dusting off a testimony 
and, and believe in the sacrifice. The lamb has been sacrificed for you already. Christ Jesus. Believe in the finished work of Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, the Lord will confuse the enemy in just the instant of a thunderclap. I believe that in the spirit today that there's going to be a thunderclap in someone's life and the enemy is going to flee and you're going to be able to conquer the enemy through him. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So what, what, what Samuel did after that victory, Samuel actually took a big stone and he set it up and he called it Ebenezer. And I want to show you 1 Samuel Chapter 7, verse 12, it says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. He wanted everyone that walked by to be able to look at that stone and say, You know what? God has taken care of us up to this point. The God that brought me up to this day is going to be the God that takes me forward to my tomorrow. The God that has given me victory all along is going to continue to give me victory in my future. I can trust the God of the henceforth because he's going to be, the, or the God of the hitherto is going to be the God of the henceforth. To sound really King James about it, right? So think about it. Someone needs to dust off an old testimony today and right in your living room, in the middle of your family, set up a spiritual Ebenezer stone and start sharing with your wife, start sharing with your kids, start sharing with your friends or whoever may be gathered together. Even if no one else is around, you need to encourage yourself, speak it out to yourself, all the ways that God has blessed you and all the ways that God has, has come through and been victorious for you and how Jesus has taken care of you every step of the way, even when you didn't know him, even when you weren't living for him, even when you were the biggest sinner in town, he still took care of you and his grace was still sufficient to bring you to a saving knowledge of who he is and totally change your life. Think about it. You have a perfect record for surviving bad days, good days, difficult days, challenging days, victorious days, whatever kind of day has come your way, you are batting a thousand. And just the way that you are still staying with us, that you're still alive and well, and you're watching me right now on the internet is proof that every day of your life, you have been victorious. And the God that has sustained you up until now is going to be the God that propels you into your future. So I want to share with you today, I'm going to get the ball rolling and, and I'm going to share with you a few Ebenezer stones in my life really quick because I want to encourage myself in the Lord. Hey, it's been a challenging two and a half weeks for me. And, and yet, I don't want the enemy to get a foothold in my life. I don't want the enemy to speak discouraged. I don't want him to speak fear. The Bible didn't give me the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound mind. Uh, he keeps those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him, the Bible says. Uh, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be, con but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sometimes you got to bring back to memory in your mind all the things that God has done for you up until now. Here's some Ebenezer stones. Think about some Ebenezer stones in your life and I wanna, I wanna encourage you to email them, write them out, type them out, email them to info at gatheringviridian.com and, and we'll share them on the Facebook page. Or if you want, just stick it out on your own Facebook page and we'll rejoice with you. However you wanna do it, just share a testimony with someone today as an Ebenezer stone so that you can, matter of fact, the name Ebenezer means stone of remembrance. You need to pull a stone of remembrance and set it up in your living room, metaphorically speaking. Or if you want, 
actually pull something in there and let it be a symbol of remembrance. Let me share with you about my daughter, Sophia. Sophia, my beautiful daughter, she's 14 years old. When she was born, uh, she was born with no hip sockets. And uh, when, when she was in her mother's womb, she wiggled around and got herself folded up like a taco. So she was not in the fetal position for many, many weeks. Uh, and she was wedged into the birth canal. So she was born a C-section. But when she was born, uh, matter of fact, her feet kept wanting to go back up by her head. Her feet were up by her head. And, and so that's the position her body kept wanting to go. So they bound her in a blanket to, to help her out. In the meantime, the man who would become her, her uh, first pediatrician realized what had happened, felt her hip sockets, realized she had no hip sockets at all. Because when you're in the fetal position, that actually forces your legs to put pressure on your hips when you're in the womb. And so that way hip sockets are formed and muscles and tendons can attach at that point. Well, she never, she never was able to do that. So she had hips, but they were flat and her legs were just kind of free flowing, right? So all of a sudden, uh, the Lord, well, well, all of a sudden the Lord sent this man to identify it. Praise God for this doctor. He sent us to Texas Scottish Rites. They had a game plan. They said, look, for the first year of her life, she's going to be in a, in this Velcro brace that we will adjust every two weeks. You got to come in every two weeks. We'll take a sonogram of her hips to see how they're forming. This brace is going to keep her in the fetal position. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. She's not going to like it. You're not going to like it. She can come out of it for one hour a day so she can bathe and you can massage her hips, but you got to put her right back in it. It was horrible. She was miserable. She wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. It was just not a good situation. They said at, a, at one years old, we will do surgery on her. Well, one years old, that's when she should have been able to start walking. But they said, we're going to do surgery on her. She will be in a body cast for the, the next six months. After that, she should be able to start uh, developing properly, hopefully. Uh, so, of course, we were just really troubled by this, but we were just thought, all right, Lord, you're going to walk with us through it. We got five weeks into her condition. She had been in that brace, that, that Velcro brace for five weeks, and it was horrible. It just hurt to hold her. Uh, she was in, she was not comfortable. It was, it was just a bad situation. Uh, I was in the middle of a church service at my old home church, Abundant Life Church, Dr. Glenn Davis, uh, who, who just preached for us. He's pastor there. And in the middle of praise and worship, the Lord moved on me and said, take her down front and agree in prayer with Pastor Davis. So I went down there, told him, I said, I want us to pray. I, I, I believe that God wants to heal Sophie. So he and I agreed together, laid hands on her, pleaded the blood over her, her life and over her health. Both of us, the, the, you could feel the power of God all in that place. We, we both looked at each other and said, this child is healed. The very next day, we were scheduled to go back for her, her bi-weekly uh, sonogram. And uh, they, they took the sonogram pictures to see how they needed to adjust uh, the, the, the brace. The doctor came in, took a look at the, the printout of the photos. And he said, he didn't look at the name. He just said, why, why are we looking at this? Why are we seeing this child? And the nurse said, oh, that's Sophia Butler. And he came running into the room where her mother and I were. And he looked like he had seen a ghost. And he said, he said, this, this is, these are the pictures of your, your child's hips. And he threw them down. I said, well, I can't make heads or tail of them. And he said, no, you don't understand. He said, Sophia has perfectly formed hip sockets now. And not only that, her muscles and tendons have already formed over them. He said, I've never seen anything like this. Can you leave her in the brace two more weeks and bring her back? I said, yes, sir. And I knew exactly what had happened. But doctor's orders, we kept her in two more weeks, brought her back. 
He took more pictures of her, examined it. He came back. He said, take her out of that hip or take her out of that, that brace. Don't ever put her back in again. Her hips are perfectly fine. Sophia is 14 years old. She's athletic. Uh, she runs cross country, plays soccer, plays basketball. Uh, she has no issues at all. Uh, super tall, beautiful young girl, uh, way smarter than her dad is, fortunately, when it comes to academics. And uh, yeah, she is a walking miracle and a walking Ebenezer Stone. Lily, my youngest daughter, was born at, at six weeks old. They contacted us. We were in the process of adopting from Taiwan. She was in an orphanage in Kaohsiung, Taiwan. And, and they called, said, we got a six-week-old girl. They texted us a picture of her. And the Lord moved on both of us. We said, yep, that's our daughter right there. But they said, no, 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 wait. You don't have to commit to her because she has tested positive for hepatitis C. Obviously, her mother is a carrier of hepatitis C, most likely uh, sharing needles uh, and was a drug user. Uh, so they said, now we're going to test her in two more months just to make sure. And, and, and when that comes back positive, you have the option to, to reject her. And I told him, we're, we're not going to reject her. This is our daughter. And not only that, she will test negative because the God who healed my first daughter and has promised that he was going to take care of my family. If she is my daughter, that covenant, that covenant covers her as well. And God's going to heal her. We hit our knees and prayed right there at the couch and believed for God's healing. Two months later, they called us and said, her blood tested clean. No, no sign of hepatitis C. She is clean. She's good to go. Uh, when we got over there, they told us, they said, this, this was a, all the workers were Buddhist. And they said, you must be good people because your karma war, your karma was passed off on her. And I had a chance to, we, we had a chance to tell those, those workers, no, hey, there's nothing good about us, but we're made righteous through Christ Jesus. And he's the great physician. Jesus is who healed her. And we were able to praise God right there in Kaohsiung, Taiwan. Lily is a walking Ebenezer stone for me. I have a niece, when she was six years old, had a brain tumor. They went in to operate. They said, look, it's, it's twisted all around her brainstem. There's no way we can get it out. We sewed her back up. She's gonna be a vegetable for the next three, four months and she's gonna pass. We're gonna to try to make her uh, as comfortable as possible. We were all in the waiting room, uh, my whole family and, and loved ones, and we were devastated at this news. My mother, an old Pentecostal woman, stood up and said, Doctor, I thank you for everything you've done for my granddaughter, but no offense, this is not the report that God gave me two days ago when he told me he's going to heal my grandbaby and that she would live and be well. We all hit our knees right there in one of the most powerful prayer meetings you've ever seen, right there in the middle of, of Children's Hospital there in Little Rock, Arkansas, to the point that 10 minutes later, people all around had gathered. It, it was the walls of, of the waiting room were glass and people had gathered outside in the hallway to observe this powerful prayer meeting where we called on the name of the Lord. 10 minutes later, a nurse came rushing in, asked, where's Thomas and Elaine Butler? That was my brother and his wife. Said, she just woke up and she's crying for you. Now the doctor said she'd never wake up and she'd be a vegetable. 20 minutes later, I was standing at her bedside, tickling her feet and having her fuss at me because uh, she could feel it. Uh, to this day, she's 30 years old. She still messages me every week, lets me know she loves me. Uh, she is a walking Ebenezer stone. Someone needs to hear that because I believe that there are, there's three of you. The Lord's telling me right now that there is three of you watching this video 
that you've gotten some medical news that has scared you to death. And God wants you to know he is taking care of you up to this point. He's going to take care of you from this day forward. The God that has delivered you to this day will be the God that delivers you through tomorrow. So don't be afraid. You need to claim that. You need to believe it and encourage yourself in the Lord. Someone dust off a miracle today. Let me pray over each and every one of you. And then we're going to we're gonna uh, do communion in just a second. So I want you to have your communion elements ready as we, as we move into that part of the service. Father, I thank you for your healing power. And I speak healing, whoever the three people are that are watching, I just speak encouragement, healing, and Holy Ghost power to move in their life right now. In Jesus' name, manifest your glory, manifest your power, manifest your faith all throughout, not only them, but their entire family, that everyone will know that you are the God that has been with us up until now and that you've got every situation in your hand and that you will walk us through every situation. So in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed right now from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. We speak life. We speak freedom. We speak glory. Lord, I speak protection over each and every member of Gathering Church and their extended family and their friends. Uh, we, we, we just speak against this COVID-19 virus and decree that in your kingdom, there are no viruses. In your kingdom, there is no sickness. In your kingdom, there is no lack, no limitation. There's always enough. And your grace is more than sufficient in your kingdom. And we are all born of the Spirit, so we walk in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, if you'll take your communion elements, remember last week we talked about that communion is not just a, a meditative way of remembering the sacrifice uh, and the redemptive work that he did for our souls eternally, but it's also a way for us to claim the provision that he gave to us right here on earth. We're not going to take a lot of time, but I want you to take a few minutes. If you're watching and if you are a believer in Christ, he has made you worthy to take this meal. Second Corinthians says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we who didn't know righteousness could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you are worthy and accepted to take this meal today. Uh, we're about to take the body or the bread. Jesus at the last supper said, take, this is my body. It's broken for you. The book of Isaiah says he was, he was broken for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes, we are healed. Today, Lord, we accept the redemptive work of your body, and we also accept the healing provision that you have for us, not just over COVID-19, but over every disease. In Jesus' name, take the bread. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your blood. The word says that by your blood, you have forgiven us of, of, we have forgiveness of sins and that you have redeemed all things back to you according to your blood. The book of Psalms says that we have forgiveness of sins and you cleanse us from disease. So we thank you for the healing virtue and the protective virtue of the blood of Jesus Let's partake of the blood. Take a, just a few seconds and let them know how grateful and thankful.
grateful you are for his work in your life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us again. I love each and every one of you. I miss you beyond words. Somebody text me. Someone call me. Someone make sure I'm still alive here in the Dave Cave. Hey, I'm having church. I'm having a good time. We're having church in the Dave Cave. So God's moving. Again, anyone needs toilet paper, come talk to me. I promise. Be blessed. Have the most fantastic week. We'll see you again right here on the internet next week.